What's up, world? This is Jesse Rich Podcast, and today we're going to do a podcast on a backstory from a character I played in a D&D campaign. The character's name was Fish. She was a water genasi. Um, an interesting thing was the spelling of Fish was G-H-O-T-I. It is part of the spellphabet in the English language where a combination of letters or um, different ways of letters in the English language make different sounds. So like in the word tough, T-O-U-G-H, G-H makes the F sound. And women, the O makes the I sound, women. And in motion, the T-I makes the S-H sound, sh, motion. So you put those together, you have the name fish. It's a very silly thing that you can do with the English language. It's called the spellphabet. Look it up and have fun. Now, I have fish in my new campaign I'm building called Olandia, which I will be doing some podcasts on my campaign as well to tell you guys some ideas that I put into it. I'm creating a whole world. It's going to take me a long time to do. But the only reason why I'm doing just the backstory on fish is because I didn't realize how long it was, and I'm trying not to make this podcast extremely long so I can make multiple episodes so I can tell her full story. So, let's go to the backstory with Fish. Fish was a water genasi. Also, I'm going to go over something real quick. It's called the Wish Spell, in case you are not an avid player. That um, This is for newbies. The Wish Spell is the mightiest spell a mortal creature can cast. By simply speaking aloud, you can alter the very foundations of reality in accordance to your desires. The basic use of the spell is to duplicate any other spell level 8 or lower. You do not need to meet the requirements in that spell, including costly components. The spell simply takes effects. Alternatively, you can create one of these followings of your choice. You can create one object for up to 25 gold pieces in value, 25,000 gold pieces in value. That isn't a magic item. The object can be no more than 300 feet in any dimension and appears in an unoccupied space that you can see on the ground. You allow up to 20 creatures that you can see to regain all of its hit points, and you end all effects that is described by the Greater Restoration spell. Or you can grant up to 10 creatures that you can see resistance from a damage of your choice. Or you can also grant up to 10 creatures you can see immunity to a single spell or other magical effect for up to eight hours. For instance, you can make yourself and all your companions immune to leech life drain. You can undo a single recent event by forcing a reroll or roll made within the last round, including your last turn. Reality reshapes itself to accommodate this new result. For example, a wish could undo an opponent's successful save, a foe's critical hit, or a friend's failed save. If you can force the re-roll to be made, advantage or disadvantage, you can choose whether to use a re-roll or the original roll. You might be able to achieve something beyond the scope of the above examples. State your wish to the DM as precisely as possible. The DM has great latitude in ruling what occurs, such for existence, a greater, the, the greater of the wish or the greater of the likelihood that something goes wrong. This spell might simply fail. The effect you desire might be partially achieved, for you might suffer some unforeseen consequences as a result of how you worded the wish. Example, 
Wishing that a villain, villain were dead might prompt you forward in time to a period when the villain is no longer alive, effectively removing you from the game. Similarly, the wish for a legendary magic item or artifact might instantly transport you to the presence of the item's current owner. The stress of casting this spell to produce any effect other than duplicating another spell weakens you. After during that stress, each time you cast the spell until you finish a long rest, you take 1d10 necrotic damage per level of that spell. This damage can be re reduced or prevented in any way. In addition, your strength drops to 3 if it isn't already 3 or lower. For 2d4 days, for each of those days you spend resting and doing nothing more than light activity, you may recover in time decreases by two days. Finally, there's a 33% chance that you are unable to catch the wish spell ever again if you suffer this stress. So I completely cleared it by my DM on what happened with this wish spell with um, fish. Like I said, I will go over uh, that and then I'll go over one other thing so you all understand fully what's going on in the story. But let's get back to fish. I wanted it to be dramatic for what happens to her. So, Fish came home from her studies one day. She hadn't cleaned up her mess before leaving like her mom and dad told her to. Now she was always doing this, so her mom and dad got upset and told her she wasn't going to studies anymore she can't clean up after herself. Fish, being only six years old at this moment, got very upset and ran to her room. In the heated moment, Fish said, I wish my parents were dead. And she, at that point, passed out and went to sleep, very early for fish normally. When she woke up, she went to go do her daily routine. She noticed her parents not getting everything prepared for her, but she hears screaming and fighting outside. She peeks out the windows to see a couple of pirates look like they were raiding a tavern. Or possibly even going to attack her home. As she's thinking that her parents might be out there fighting, she decides to go into a hiding spot. When she enters the other room, which was her parents' room across the main living room, she sees her parents dead in bed. No signs of struggle or attack, just sleeping without breathing. She remembers that last night she made the wish that they were dead and remembered that she loved her parents. She dreamt of them going to sleep and not waking up. At this moment, Fish was so scared of what she had done, she runs outside, sits on the porch, and cries, even with everything going on. The captain, a dragonborn named Draco, was finishing grabbing what they came for, and he sees Fish crying. We got the wrong, Cotton. Why the ruckus? They wanted to fight, so we gave them a fight. Aye, the whole crew shouts together ah how many dead with irritation in his voice uh none captain we only injured this was supposed to be a slide in slide out the villagers attacked us so we defended and stole aye these good people if we weren't so down on loot i would have just paid for our share hopefully they don't hold it against ye Second mate, aye, can you take the crew and get ready for depart? I see something I want to address ye. Captain, she be a little girl. Not like that. 
talk to me that way again, I'll have you swimming with the fishes. She's be scared, and I'm a helper. Captain walks up to fish. Everything all right, little one? They're, they're, they're dead. I killed them. Oh, no. You need to stop with that talk right here. Calm down, you, and come tell Cat what happened. As they walked, they conversed, and she told him every detail. He couldn't believe that an inexperienced little six-year-old girl could cast a wisp spell. He could tell she doesn't even know what that is. As she calms her down, Captain talks to her more and more about her studies, something that she is obviously passionate about, and tells her they will take her to a place where she can develop her magic skills. But in this place, they will take her, but they do not like pirates. And she has to be 10 years old to get in. She agrees to go with the pirates and hop aboard the boat. The Sea Bitch. Fish notices and asks why the boat's named Sea Bitch. The captain says she would come tonight to their service if she'd like. And learn about their goddess Umberly. This intrigues little Fish. Of her village, they didn't really believe in a higher being and left their hearts open for the nature of magic, not really the power or a deity. Little about Umberly, this is a little side note for you guys. Umberly is also known as the Bitch Queen, hence the name of the ship Sea Bitch, um, and, the, and she's the Queen of the Depths. She was an evil sea goddess. She was most often worshipped by sailors and people traveling by the sea out of fear of her destructive powers. She controlled the harshness of the seas while revealing her own power and was not hesitant to drown people if she so pleased. She was known as a particularly malicious, petty, and vain deity, acting on her turbulence whims when Making deals with mortals, she was quite greedy for power and hungry for the entry of others. During the service, the pirates are chanting, you know, yo-ho, yo-ho type stuff. Praise under Umberly, getting completely drunk. But love the sea. Pretty much just songs and drinking. And they wanted to express their love for Umberly as a collective love for her. For granting them safe passage. So more like a plea. For them to be safe. But they still had affection for her. In the middle of service. The boat rocked violently left. And then to the right. And then centered. In order to give them the presence of fish. Fish started to float. In the middle of the room. And started to speak. But it did not seem like her voice. It was only what could be imagined. Of Umber Lee's voice. Or an older woman. Which is why they all settled and put down their room and paid attention. For the first words were, Quiet! Now, there be a death and a birth. And a massive change all within this little one. Protect her when you see her. And the path she is on is right. Where I need my follower to be, she will be one with me one day. I am Umberly, and I have spoken. 
After this episode, the men caught fish as she started to float out of the air. She was passed out, so they put her to bed. Literally, it felt right after the event, all the pirates woke up, not remembering going to sleep. Was it all a dream? Did Emberly's prophecy happen? Did Fish even say this? Was Fish um, a follower of Emberly? Was she set in stone? They didn't know how to take this. The one thing they knew was for sure is Umberly was pleased with the path that she was on going to something called the Conclave. Literally, um, our DM gave us the description of what the Conclave was. This is where he wanted us to build up to in our backstory. Once Draco woke up, he went straight to Fish to see if she remembers anything to wake her and prepare her for her big day, today for presenting herself to the Conclave. Fish, good morning. Uh, morning. Umberly sounds like an amazing, strong woman. I like her. Uh, do you remember anything from the night before? Yes. She told me I was chosen by her specifically to move forward with my task. That leads to some major changes in both of our lives. But then I woke up here. By the way, have you seen Umberly? She's gorgeous. I seen her? Nah. No mere mortal can look in the eyes of a god or goddess and survive. You, you saw her? Yeah, and... Might I say, she is truly lovely, but I gotta get to the conclave. She said she will be back and give me guidance if I need to, but follow this for now. Uh, we may make port here soon. Quick question. How old are ye? Haha, <laughs> silly. I'm ten years old. Thought you had me, didn't you, Draco? The voice of Umberlene ringed in Draco's ears as she said his name. Also, he looked down at Fish and saw tribal markings on her arm. What is this? It is the marking she gave me. As my powers grow, the markings will go all over my body. She said that I am Fish, the Umberleaf follower. Why choosing you tire you here? Not a lot of people think Umberly is great, so please be careful, little one. Of course. The sea bitch comes to a roaring stop. Lion! shouted the sailing master. Where they stopped, there were no people or visual of civilization. Looked like they docked in a forest. Fish looked so confused as she gave Draco a look. He proceeded to walk and no other shipmates followed. He walked to where he could tell there was a big building. He sat down and told her, These people here will call you out and attack you if you mention Umberly. These people are pompous, and most won't help just because you're a little girl. So you're going to go where that line is. You'll see it when you get out of these bushes. You're going to tell them you're 10 years old. And I need you to show them any type of magic that you have been studying. And tell them you seek to study with a master in the conclave. To be able to control your powers. And last but not least, if you ever need help, call to Umberly. 
for we worship her every night and will never stray too far. If she calls out on us, we will be here for you. The people of this town will not let us in. And they know our signature mark as he kind of rolls up his sleeve to show the mark that is on his wrist. And they know how we dress. Do you got this? As Fish dives into Draco, giving him a hug and kisses him, she says, I love you. Thank you. As she goes to walk away, Draco felt the love that he hasn't felt in years. It fills his heart. Or after his wife dying and his daughter blaming him for everything and leaving forever, he has set sail with his crew and searched for his daughter. He knows she could be dead. He knows she could have changed her appearance or changed herself so he wouldn't recognize her. But still, hopefully one day in his arms, he will hold her again. And that is the fish backstory. Our DM wanted us to pick someone younger, and he wanted them to be 10 years old, but I kind of wanted to be a little bit younger than the rest of the group because of how I wanted to play her. And you all understand that as I tell the story in more depth of who she is and what all happened. Also, I just want to tell everyone, thank you for listening. Tell your friends, tell your family, and don't forget to check out my mixer. It's on Mixter.com forward slash capital G-H-E capital Z capital R-I-C-H. And always, love you all. Later.